Welcome to Pop On Leadership, a conversation between two friends who are obsessed with leadership development and helping people navigate their careers within organizations and also obsessed with pop culture. I'm Virginia Martinez. And my name's Kara Kirby. Together, we have over 20 years of working inside of organizations. And now we both work outside with companies all over the world, helping them drive their people first practices. This first season of Pop On Leadership is dedicated to a show called Ted Lasso. We're going to walk through the first 10 episodes, unpacking all the leadership lessons along the way. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, to Pop On Leadership. This season, we are dedicating entirely to season one of Ted Lasso, and you are joining us as we recap season one of Ted Lasso with the final episode, episode 10. Never before have we seen this much gameplay, so much soccering happening in this. It's fun. It's fun. It's like, oh. you're like, you're like reminded. You're like, oh, yeah, they play sports. <laughs> this isn't just about human beings doing <laughs> human things together this is about badass sports it was it was it all like quite literally left it all on the field but um so here's what's happening they have not performed as well as they would have liked this season and they're up for relegation and what relegation means is if they don't win or at least tie given sort of the 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 rules of the game they go down a league and then to even get back up to the Premier League, they'd have to play the entire next season in a lower league, win it all only for the chance of getting promoted. So it's like a, it's a lot and a lot, a lot is riding on this. A yeah. lot high, high stakes, high stakes. And where we last left off, Roy was finally coming to the realization that maybe it's time to step back. You know, his, his best days are behind him. So there's that. To add to the drama, this final game of the season is against Man City, where our friend Jamie Tart is now playing. So it's the first time they're reunited and they're going to see him on the field. All right. So <laughs> there's a little hopelessness <laughs> feeling in the locker room. And there's this moment where Rebecca, who, by the way, has now apologized, come clean. She's now Team Lasso, you know. She's Higgins, in the locker room. She, yeah, it's like a whole new Rebecca. She's sort of broken that shell. You know, they, they're, they're promoting Nate. It's like just good vibes she's just trying to make us fall so hard in love with her that we can't uh, think straight and it's working <laughs> yeah her just like amazingly impeccably tailored suits with these like little satin blouses if i looked like that i'd look like the clear section of ann taylor or something <laughs> but you know i'm like wow why how do you pull that off um anyway she she tells Ted very sincerely and this is what's interesting because in the past when she gave Ted advice it was like condescending or hiding dismissive. something dismissive or like sabotaging even right here's the first piece of sincere advice she gives she's she tells Ted every disadvantage has its advantage the fact that you see the game from a different perspective the fact that you have no experience <laughs> to some extent is your superpower don't lose sight of that, right? So I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but every disadvantage has its advantage. The fact that you see the game from a different perspective allows you to kind of to, to see it in new ways and think of new ideas. That and, inspires him. Yeah, yeah go and on. He's like, he's like confusion, chaos. He's like, that's what it is. 
And so we see Ted go down and get everybody in the room. And he has this idea of, okay, we cannot beat Man City with strength or speed or anything else. But what we can do is figure out a way to keep catching them off guard. So he gets everybody together and says, tell me all of your trick plays. And I'm going to go. Go ahead, oh, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. no, because so here's here's this episode. So so here's what I love about this too is essentially when Rebecca gives him that advice, it's like you're struggling because you're trying to color within the lines of this sport that you know mm-hmm. nothing about. It's okay to color outside of the lines. And basically she told him, like, go and be creative. And so what he does is go to the locker room and hold a brainstorm. <laughs> just makes all of our little design thinking hearts explode over here so (laughs) this is one of my favorite pieces of advice i've ever given and so i had this amazing professor in grad school like this guy was such a renegade and he would he would tell us like all so i mean this was like 15 years ago and so he would tell us so this is just an example he got all he, he ran bank of america's talent for a long time so we got like all of these like stuffy execs together in a room and said hey i'm going to take everybody's salaries and put them all out on a board so it's completely transparent for the entire organization like just to give them a heart attack <laughs> Like, can you even imagine that setting of being like, listen, we're just going to make everybody's salaries transparent. And like, this was in like the 2000s, right? And everybody like basically like kicked him out of the room. And he was like, I'm just going to keep doing things. Like, I'm going to keep telling people how organizations work and how to do the right things. And I do not care about their reaction. And I, I obviously, if you know me at all at this point, you know that that is like after my heart is people having that attitude about like how to change organizations and not make it a stuffy and top down. Like how do you just help human beings work together? So he he told us in class one day, if you ever find yourself personally scratching your head, just mulling around with a problem that you need to get to people that are closer to it, right? So I I think I've even talked about this before, but we see it again of that he that Ted is scratching his head. He can't figure this out. And then he goes, oh, yeah, I need to get closer to it. So he goes and he asks everybody, how would you guys solve this problem? Let's brainstorm. You're closer to it. And we saw you know, we saw this again with that example with Roy back a few seasons ago when Roy was like, I don't know the answer. Why don't you go ask the people who are out on the field? It's like, keep reminding yourself of that. You don't have to have all of the answers. Get to the people that are closer to the problem. Yes. And I think there's something also really nice about it too. Like he goes to them and he's making the problem more bite-sized. He's not like, Mm -hmm. how can we win against man city he's like how could we like confuse the shit out of man city (laughs) and let's hope that by confusing the shit and surprising them it gives us enough breathing room for us to to play the best we can right because if you go like how the hell are we going to win against them like they're like there's no way okay well how can we confuse the shit out of them i'm like well sure we can run the sandman or the pepper shakers or the (laughs) midnight poutine these these ideas have the these these trick plays have the best names the chitty chitty bang bang the like Anyway, that's, that's there, a good point, right? Like, it, like, what are some things if you're trying to solve for it, you can't figure it out? Change the question. Like, make, make it, it bite size. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. 
Oh, my God. No, I, I agree. Sort of. This. And the other thing that I really loved about that scene, and I know this is television and it's like scripted, but you, <laughs> you think <know>? it's real. <laughs> it's like I was in the locker room. Is that like, they're not Lasso's my best friend. You see the journey that they've been on with Ted Lasso, sort of that first episode when he arrives, they're like, get out of here. And that now this guy is like, let's think a trick play. So like, sure. Like they take him seriously. They're not like, mm -hmm. you, you idiot. They're like, they're behind him. They're supporting this brain they crazy person. They know they're yeah. all in it together. And I think that also what we see is, is the culmination of Ted has listened to us, right? Like he has listened to our ideas. He has listened to Nate. He fixed the showers when he said he was going to fix the showers. We trust him at this point to take what we're saying and put it into action. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, that's why it's so beautiful. There's another great little line in here that comes from not the main characters, but the, the kid that plays Ted Lasso's son. <laughs> <laughs> who's like oh it doesn't look like you're doing much on the sidelines there dad and like i know that you and i wanted to talk about sort of what does that actually mean to be a leader that isn't deciding what to do like giving direction every single second right yeah i think that when people transition into leadership that that is something that i see challenges a lot of people is that that they don't feel like they have the same impact because they're not doing stuff, right? I, one time I was, I was building a workshop and my boss like walked by me and it, and I, it was, it was some fun topic. It, and he goes, man, sometimes I really miss that. Like I miss building stuff and being the person that's building it. I miss that feeling. And I think that that's relatable. Like whenever mm -hmm. I got into leadership, like there was sometimes my team would be working on stuff and I'd be like, I want to get in there and design that process. I want to build this class. And you have to get over that urge of doing stuff, even though it feels so good. And usually what happens too, is when people are promoted, they're part of the reason why they're promoted is because they're so good at doing what they're doing. Yeah. And and then you have to now be in this position where you're resisting that urge mm -hmm. to do things and just rely on this faith, this ambiguous faith of what does he say goes, I hope what I'm trying to teach them makes sort of impact and they will make the right decisions in the moment. Like just putting all your faith into that situation is a hard transition. Yeah. I, you know, I, it reminds me of like, you know, I believe it or not, there were times I was a bit of a control freak. I don't know if you can see that in me, <laughs> but it reminds me of Same. this. Yeah, I know. So it, it is it is hard. It is hard to let go. Um, but, you know, it's needed anyway. Anytime I went on vacation, that is like inevitably something insane would happen at work. And here's what would happen. My team would take care of it and yep. they rose to the occasion. They often handled it better than I probably would, faster, with really creative solutions. And I kept I kept joking with them, like, I'm going to go on vacation more often because, like, I want to keep missing these big, you know, <laughs> shitty situations that you all end up having. To, you know, it was like a joke, but I would tell them, I'm like, I'm really impressed at just how you all rallied and figured it out. And you only kind of have to feel that a couple times to feel really proud and be like, it isn't about me always making mm -hmm. the final decisions. And in fact, like, 
It really shifted the way I thought about leadership is like, I want to lead to the point where I make myself obsolete. Yes, absolutely. I want to be the leader that at some point, like, this team doesn't need me, which means I've done my job. I absolutely. And I, I think that's so, that's so beautifully said, like that should be the goal. Like, you know, you're being successful for when you're a leader, not when your team is like, you're meeting all these goals and, and it's all about you, but like when they can exist and just do badass things and you are not there, right? Like that mm-hmm. is whenever, you know, you have succeeded as a leader. Cause like, what does it say about you to some extent of like your team can't exist without you they're so dependent on you like does that mean like they can't make decisions on their own because they don't know like i mean it just even though so many people pride themselves on being that type of leader like they need me they depend on me i have to make the final decisions i have all the information it's like well what the fuck does that say about excuse my language but like what does that say about you as a leader like you're not teaching them anything you're not empowering them you're not giving them the tools and resources they need like that makes you sound like a tyrant yeah <laughs> But that, if you're not aware of it, like that, I mean, I've talked. No, about I was this. that person for yeah, a while. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I talked about this before a little bit inside of actualized leadership. If you are an achiever, like, okay, so I've talked about this with Ted. Ted's an affirmer, right? So like his shadow side of his leadership style is um, is wanting people to like him. And, and he has a, has, has a fear of rejection. And so, um, so what that creates is this culture of people like beating around the bush and, and, and not being upfront with each other. And it can have ill effects on a culture, but the achiever style, whenever it's a leadership Mm -hmm. is that your ego really likes it when people depend on you. Oh yeah. So it make yeah. So like your ego is just flourishing whenever, Oh, people can't do this without Virginia. Like that's where yeah. your mind thrives feels You're great like, yeah yeah. yeah like you guys can't do shit without me like i'm a rock star like that's where your mind <laughs> likes to be but what it ends up creating is a dependent culture people don't want to make decisions for, they don't feel like they can make a decision without you and and that and that team is never going to get to that place where they can survive without you being obsolete and i think that that's actually the most common culture that i see oh, yeah. within organizations is that leaders having pride that people depend on them and that's actually something that you should be very wary of that's your shadow managing you not you managing your shadow oh absolutely yeah yeah that was i mean that was one of the harder lessons in life but i think ultimately like it's like, what's like the positive version of a pyramid scheme? Like, what, like <laughs> if I can, if I have a team of three to five people and I can empower three to five people to behave this way and like give them a new sense of what leadership can look like, then they go on and lead teams of three to five people. It's like a positive, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what, what all multi-level marketing companies are trying to achieve right now. <laughs> can I just can I tell you this? Yeah, please. I, Let's do okay, it. I love the psychology behind multi-level marketing. Oh like, boy. Oh god. Wait, I, just... I sent you that that wait, what was the documentary I watched and I made you watch the Lulu Ro the Lulu Oh Ro- yeah, we had this whole conversation about it. Yeah, Lulu Rich. Lulu um, Rich. Okay, so I, I've been wanting to write something on this forever, so I'm just going to do some random TED talking on this real quick. But multi-level marketing is so interesting because it's actually, even though there's weird, weird stuff behind it and brainwashing and cult-like things, we, we know this, like the, the end of the hashtag like boss babe shit is like the best thing that's like happened in this past <laughs> year. Like, dear God. 
Um, anyway, I love you guys. All my friends that are doing it, I love you. Like, go find your passions and all the things. I'm not talking down to you, being condescending. I never know how to have this conversation without feeling like an asshole, like when people are involved, right? But well, it's like it's like two things can be true. You can like, I love that you found something that gives you excitement and pride and fulfillment and purpose. income. Awesome income. Awesome. Hell yeah. Connects you to a new community. I Teaches also you sales. Teaches what? you sales. Teach it stay-at-home moms that have been out of the workforce how to sell and market. Those are skills that are marketable. It's amazing. And that can all be true. We can also hold space for the fact that many of these companies exploit you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like, And maybe you found the lucky ones that are, you know, really truly about empowering people to build small businesses. But unfortunately, but a lot of there's a lot exploiting stay-at-home moms. Yeah, and some of it, and because to your th how this all started, I think they tap into certain psychology around it. Yes, and they are there. So it's like they're using these practices of organizational development and leadership development, and they're actually doing it in a very artful way because the, these whole communities of people are connected. They're motivated. The harder they work, the more money that they make, and it's fair and it's equitable. Like these practices actually should be inside of organizations, and our organizations would be better. But it's I don't know. It's just it's just a weird it's just a very, very strange phenomenon. So um, but they but what it's interesting that I've also seen in them is that they are teaching they are teaching the people who are participating in their MLMs leadership practices. Right. Mm -hmm. So like actually the better leader that you are and you all like they all mm -hmm. have to lead through influence and not through having a title. So you have all these women everywhere that are learning true leadership mm -hmm. um, skills. And I think that that's actually a beautiful, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, there's a lot of like really beautiful things. My I rant's that, over. <laughs> no, I, I think, like I said, two, two, two things can be true at the same time. All right. Well, stay tuned next season when we talk about, no, just, <laughs> maybe, who knows? Maybe we could, um, oh my God, that, that documentary was like the owners of, Okay, I know we can't. We got to get back to Ted. Okay, but no, no, yeah, no. We could probably talk <laughs> a lot about that. I mean, that's so crazy. I do want to say something though for companies. Like, if this multi-level marketing trend does go away, like, don't discount people that are out there that have that have really done yeah. some amazing things. Like, go hire those. Yeah, hire them. Right. Pretty like, scrappy. Yeah, they're very... scrappy. They've proved themselves. They have all these skills. There's probably leaders like do not be a snob about somebody having multi-level yeah. marketing experience on their resume, because I do think there's going to be some beautiful after effects of this of, of, of because now you have this whole workforce of people that's empowered and yeah. know that they can go and learn different things. OK. All right. My multi-level marketing thing is done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> And if you can be the sort of the positive version of that, where you are an, a good leader and then empower and enable your people yes. to be good leaders. And so they, they carry it forward. Okay. That's how we got on. <laughs> a positive pyramid scheme. A positive pyramid scheme. Maybe the Thor scheme still doesn't sound positive, but anyway, we'll, we'll. Multi-level marketing is not. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. So. And this all started as well because we were talking about sort of how Ted, his leadership style is like, look, and, and it's just also the rules of the game. Like I can't be, it's not like, mm -hmm. it's not like American football. I can't be calling every single play or change. Like once you give them 
the direction and inspiration like you just hope they just they hope take they it yeah, yeah. And, and it's really about the team all right so the other thing that happens in this episode to wrap up this first season and we don't know how it's going to end right because we we know that if they lose they're going to get relegated and it's a reason they spend so much time focusing on the game we see so much soccer being played in this in this episode but is that roy gives his um captain ban to isaac yep now before we go break this down into sort of what it means in terms of a leadership moment would you have chosen isaac (laughs) i don't know okay so this is the disc we don't have an answer to this but this is a discussion that we're going to have so i think that the way that leaders are chosen inside of our organizations is completely fucked up right like mm-hmm. i i don't think that there's a pro i have so much to say on this but i think a lot of times it okay it's fucked up for a lot of reasons so first of all people do not have the right definition of leadership in their mind right so if you have a team of people a lot of times the go-to person on a team um is like the introvert is the helper is the is is like the expert but they also are usually not the same person that's like i'm the greatest person in the world right and so like they get passed up for the person who has leadership potential which is usually defined as the person who's the loudest person in the room who is um advocating for themselves the most but but that's not leadership. It's just the person being the loudest person in the room, right? So that's one of the reasons why I think the whole criteria process is screwed up in a lot of different places. So um, and then the, yeah, so I think that the, the discussion around this is like, what is the right way then? Like, how should people get promoted into leadership positions inside of an organization? And maybe it is Ted's way. What if what if teams were able to select who their next leader was going to be? And, and we May- stopped putting it in. We took that control out of the other leaders being the selectors of who like the next potential leader is. Maybe maybe Ted's on to something. I don't know. I do like Ted's approach. I probably would have unpacked this a bit with Roy before he made the choice. And it's I love Isaac. But what I think happened is Roy pick someone a little bit in his likeness right like because mm. we love isaac sweet but he's not the brightest bulb right he's like <laughs> richmond on 12 one two three and then he like skips the number eight you know it's like <laughs> what i think but what he, what roy says to him when he gives him the captain man is like keep breaking tvs right so isaac has that sort of i think roy thinks isaac's gonna keep that sort of roy kent rage alive yeah. in the in the locker room so i'm not quite gone it's still because like the even though i would flip over a bench isaac throws chairs at tvs i don't know i kind of felt like okay i'm glad you're handing over this captain band but (laughs) are you just picking the person that's most like you and is this the characteristic to kind of hang your hat on whereas or do you pick someone who is completely different from you because it's time for change. I don't know. That would have been yeah, like a Roy, Sam, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Give Sam everything, please. He's the best person in the world. Yeah, like, I don't think, I think you're right. Like, I don't think Roy is equipped to understand, like, who is the best leader on on the team. 
I will say though, that Isaac does create followership. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like well, we see that in season two, but he does have that ability that people listen to him. And um, I think he needs to get his temper under control. That's not a good attribute, but he's passionate. <laughs> people yes. do listen to him. So maybe intuitively Roy was seeing that this person does create followership. Therefore, like they will be a good predecessor. Um so yeah, yeah I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't. I don't have an. I don't. Ha- I probably should because this is what I do for my line of work. But I think one of my one of my theories is that you should find the people on a team that do create a natural natural followership. The go to people on the team, th- those should be the ones that are promoted to leadership, and it shouldn't be just the the person that has been around the longest or the person that's advocating for themselves the most. That should definitely not be who you, who you promote. Yeah. So you're right. I shouldn't discount Isaac just yet because I have watched season two. So I, I but it also reminds me of that. Not everyone like what you keep saying, sort of the, the loudest person. I also think about leadership almost like as um, like if you imagine a party that's going on and there's like a doorway to enter the party. Some people are like, I want to get into that party. Get me in. I belong there. Why can't I be there and have no problem? being the loudest, asking to be invited, and sometimes just pushing their way. Other people are like, gosh, that party looks fun. I bet I could hang there. But I'm not going to cross it until I'm invited to cross over this threshold. And so sometimes you have to promote people, even when they're not asking to be promoted. Do not wait for someone to ask. Do not. If there's one thing you take away, do not wait for someone to ask for a promotion to promote them. Oh my God. Like, can we get to the point where we're only promoting people who have not asked to be promoted? (laughs) Maybe. There's probably a happy medium, but yes. Let's aim for that and you'll probably get there. Yeah. Um, So I think the way you described reminded me a little bit of how Isaac's story unfolds reminds me of like Isaac himself probably would have never asked to be captain. Mm -hmm. So maybe what Roy sees is like, if I invite him to cross over his threshold, he'll fill, he'll, he'll step into the role. Yeah. Invite more people to cross over that threshold and, Um, and, and trust that they'll fill the role. Yeah. And just operate with the assumption that people have a screwed up, definition of what leadership is in their mind. It's, it is not correct. Have the conversation with them, help them redefine it. Keep telling them, if not you, then who? This is not complicated work. This is just getting a group of humans to work together and produce results and to, and to have connection with one another. Like literally, it's a skill and a practice. Anyone can learn it. It's not the chosen few with this personality. Like help people redefine that in their minds. Absolutely. So this, this um, big spoiler, um, they do find out during the game they're tied nil nil there's a goal they have the ability to they and also the i'm not doing the gameplay justice but there's this moment where like roy has that last one glorious moment on the field where he chases down jamie tart of all people clean tackle but hurts himself and you know limps off the field and as he's going the you know, one of his teammates says like, wait, 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 don't get up just yet. Listen to the crowd and they're chanting, Roy Kent, 
Roy, like what is like he's here he's there he's, he's, in, every, he's every every fucking, fucking where <laughs> and it's like apparently that like and you know I, I love when the commentators like excuse us for the fruity language i love that they call it fruity language but it's like and but they say this chant's been um shouted sure. for for over a decade mm-hmm. and what a moment and he knows that he, he knows that's going to be his last play and he left it all quite literally left it all on the field he got up to people chanting reminding him of like, oh yeah, people still love me, but it's okay. I've done what I can do. Um, with that said, it looks good. It looks like they're going to be able to to win. And then Jamie does not miss a beat. He takes the ball all the way back down to the other side of the field, passes, passes it, makes, it, makes the extra pass, which was Jamie's challenge all the time. He doesn't like to share. His teammate kicks it into the goal. Man City wins and now it is official richmond is going to be relegated they're not going to be they're going to be demoted from the premier league and they're in the locker room and the team is sad this is how season one ends but it's really also this moment and i i mean do you want to say what what ted says to them (laughs) at the end he goes um you know he's talking he's like it's okay to be sad um, but there's some things that are being that are worse than sad, and that's being alone. And you do not have this. You went through this together, and we all need to be goldfish. And he looks at Sam. He goes, Sam, what does a goldfish do? And, the, and he was like, they forget and they move on. And he goes, onward, forward. Yeah. And 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 you're just so excited because you know this team is so connected, and it's gonna like their next season is gonna just be one. Yeah. It's gonna be one for the books it's it's really quite lovely it's not like he's saying like don't be sad cheer yourself up you know he's like be sad be angry look around be grateful that you get to be sad and angry with these people Mm -hmm. at the same time and then tomorrow be a goldfish yeah like give yourself the moment you need be happy that you've got these people in your corner and now let's just we gotta yeah um so you're you're hopeful. There's hope because they're connected. That sort of look around the room moment that you're not alone really sets up the next the next season or the both of the show and the team. And I mean, there's that also thing that happens with Jamie in the locker room. So obviously the visiting team has space in the locker room and Ted walks by and Jamie's dad is just yelling at him. He's like, I can't believe he's like, I didn't come all the way to see that my son take an extra pass. You should have kicked the winning goal. And like, we forget, like, Jamie's like 23 years old mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. Yeah. And the one of the very last things that happens is Ted witnesses it, doesn't interrupt it, but writes this handwritten note, like something along the lines of like, way to go with that second pass and has beer deliver the note to Jamie. I mean, I think, you know, that's I, I I get really emotional thinking about this because I think this is sort of Ted's superpower. It's like knowing what people need to hear mm-hmm. and reminding people like, do not be ashamed of that. Do not like be proud of yourself. Um, and it does tip over into like this like sort of paternal fatherly image role slash coach it's it's kind of stepping beyond the coach boss thing but it was he was acknowledging he was saying like you you finally stopped playing for just yourself and you won that game because 
you, you yeah. elevated, right? Like you, yeah. you did it. Oh, yeah. so beautiful. And it doesn't surprise us that Ted, even after a loss, would take the time to acknowledge what the other team or other people did well. And I think that's also really important as well, too. Like you're as, either as a team member or as a leader, like even when things do not go your way, take the time to acknowledge how someone has grown Right. Mm -hmm. This is what I always think about, too. Like, even if the deal didn't go through, someone didn't get a promotion, take the time as a leader to tell someone how they've grown. That's sometimes yes. more oh. powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Help people believe in themselves. That should be. I had a boss one time and he said, "You, I don't measure life with sales or success. I measure it in children and marriages and and, you know, big life moments that I get to see people go through. And I, I think that we could all probably take that and, and maybe even back to that question we had a long time ago of like, how do you just be, how do you be okay with just like your existence? Like, that's how you measure success. That's how Ted measures success is with relationships. Or that you've improved. You've, 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 yeah. put, you've invested in yourself. You've, again, you were vulnerable. You had the courage to admit that maybe you didn't always have it right and do things differently. I mean, Rebecca went on that journey. Jamie mm -hmm. Tart goes on that journey. Keely goes on that journey. Everybody, uh, everybody in the episode is going on this journey of just of becoming a better version of themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> I want to say thank you to everybody who has yes. listened throughout this, this, this season, I hope that you got something out of it. Thank you for nerding out with us and having fun and listening to our silly jokes. And I hope everybody, you know, I, I hope everybody's enjoying the show and it's affecting you and, and touching your heart the same way that it touches ours. And I hope that, um, one, first of all, I want to thank you because I had so much fun chatting oh with gosh. you. This time. Yes. And I want to thank you, the listeners as well. Um, for listening in and hopefully feeling like you were part of these chats. Um, and if there are more shows that you want us to dissect through the lens of leadership and corporate America and all that stuff, like, please let us know. We, you don't have to twist our arms for us to just yeah. get on. <laughs> you don't have to be bored to learn about leadership or organizational <laughs> development or group dynamics. Like we could do this in a fun way, y'all. Let's let's learn yeah. good stuff and have fun at the same time. Damn it. <laughs> and binge TV too. Yeah. Yeah. Don't feel bad about binging TV. You're learning. <laughs> exactly. Well, sincere thanks. We hope to see you when we regroup for season two. So stay tuned for that. We'll share more information and follow us and All the keep things. the chat going. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we want to keep the conversation going. Share your leadership stories with us, whether they're dreams come true or some nightmares you want to talk through. You can visit us at poponleadership.com or over at Instagram at poponleadership. And a very special thanks to our friends and family who have supported us from the beginning and to Pam Rodriguez who helped make this crazy dream a reality. Thank you. See you next time.